May I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another exciting episode of our show. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dana Mark. We are now 87 days away from 2021. But it's the six man Dean Geronimo, and as always, from NJ to NC, I'm in the studio with my right hand man, Mark Lee. So, Mark, tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Well, you know, I'm multitasking, so right now I'm wrapping up one show and talking on another show. So how's that for multitasking? So I'm actually ending the uh, radio, well, I did a radio show with Mark Lee earlier talking about Deidre Hodge and a number of other folks, but right now I'm wrapping up uh, Mullins Music and Memory, so we actually had the pleasure of having King Wojak as well as Dr. Funk on that show. So we were having an engaging conversation and all of that. And by the way, you will be glad to know that none other than Kim Calhoun popped in on that show as well. And she was saying how much she enjoys that voice of yours. So she needs to hear those voice maybe on some spots or some other things happening on the network. So just letting folks know that that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, they might even hear me making this plea for you to get those spots. Because like I said, I'm wrapping up that yeah, show. Yeah. So as, as I'm talking to you, they are also hearing me say the same thing on the air and everything because I'm getting ready to hit the end broadcast. But they do know that they want you and your voice because Kim is a big fan of your voice. She thinks that it's an amazing voice. Oh, and I know that wow. she would love to have you join and give some of that fine melodic tones of your voice on some of the things that are happening on IBM.TV. So, you know, we got that going on, and that's what's happening. And, of course, she is a fan of yours, and we just had some great conversations about a number of things going on in the community. So, like I said, she is an amazing lady, and definitely was glad to have her pop in and talk to King Wojak and Dr. Funk. So, we had that going on, and it was just a fun conversation. And, like I said, she is definitely a fan of yours as well. And I know that that is a shared fandom because I know that you are also a supporter of some of the things that goes on. And of course we do air some of the programming right here on our radio network as well. So definitely, you know, some great things are happening in the community and I am glad to be here with you right now and all of that. But, you know, this is just a global movement. We've got a global entertainment movement that we've got happening in the world so that's what's happening here and like i said i'm still shocked and that's part of what i was talking to king Wojak and dr funk about because i'm still shocked because as i recall it and you know i told you sometime back that i had done contact tracing and i was always told right. that you're supposed to be in the hospital and things of that nature for about 14 days Y'all got to tell me how the uh, man in 1600 managed to get out in what, in the, according to my math, is four, maybe four, if you want to do some sort of creative math, three and a half. Days, but 
<laughs> three and a half days. So how do you manage to get out of three and a half days when you're supposed to be in there for 14? So I'm still trying to figure out how you work this magic. But like I said, I guess if you sit there in 1600 and you run things that way, you can just do whatever you feel like. So that's just well, how I'm trying to figure out how that, you know that happens. When you're hard-headed and you don't listen to anybody, you know, he got mad at Dr. Fauci, remember? So, yes. you know, when you think you know it all, like the older people used to always say, when you think you know it all, that hard head makes for soft behind. So some people believe he has it. Some people say he doesn't. But to be honest, he didn't wear masks. He didn't do the social distancing. He did everything he wanted to do. So if he is suffering from what he called the Chinese virus, man, you bought it on yourself. You know, at some point, you have to realize that you are not all-knowing. There's only one all-knowing, and people call him by many names. But you're not the one that's being worshipped, man. Nobody is worshipping you except maybe your close family and some of your friends. But at the same time, now you have to deal with the situation that you brought on yourself. So, hey, man, have at it. I hope. Hey, you know what? Actually, if he drinks some bleach, like he told everybody else to do, maybe we can find out (laughs) what really happens after you take a couple of shots of Clorox. You know what I mean? I'm just, just saying. (laughs) <laughs> and he's also got that um, because I think he was taking that experimental drug and so I guess he's going to try to tell us that we all need to take that experimental drug and all of that and I'm not going to try to mispronounce it but I know it begins with an R and all of that but maybe he's going to say that since he took it and he only took it for a month to maybe two or three days that we should all be joining in and taking that same experimental drug so maybe that's his method to the madness and all of that, but I'm curious to see what he's got to say about that, if he's got a new method to the madness and how that method to the madness works. But I know one thing that I can say is that um, I'm glad to know that uh, there will not be a sweep in the NBA Finals because apparently at least one, well, I think both, because they both got double figures, but one really came to play, so two members of my alma mater really decided to really show out yesterday, and so big shout-out to Jimmy Butler and all of that, because Jimmy Butler scored like something like 40 points or something like that, and a bunch of rebounds and a bunch of other things. So they did win the game yesterday. So it is a 2-1 series, you know, and I think tomorrow they will try to even the series up. But no matter what happens, whether it's a five-game series, a six-game series, or a seven-game series, at least they will not have the distinction of being a championship team swept. So I was glad that they put up a fight because I know a number of folks were ready to write them off and be like, you know, it's got to be a sweep. The Lakers are all that mighty and all of that. So at least there will not be a sweep and they did put up a very solid fight. I did hear some commentators that were saying that they, meaning the Lakers, slept walk through the uh, game and everything. But whether they slept walk or whether it was just an amazing game by um, the uh, Miami Heat, at least they did put up some effort and we're not right. going to get a sweep because I'm not a big fan of sweeps in any sport. And speaking of sweeps, I'm glad to see that my sorry Vikings, and yes, they are sorry, but they are still my team and I am a loyal fan, <laughs> but at least we got a victory. Of course, we were playing another team that hadn't won a yeah, game, yeah. and they still haven't won a game, but at least we did beat Houston, so we can at least say that we will not be a, uh, what do you call it, a um, winless team, because at least we got one victory, and hopefully we can build on that and maybe even get 
some more victories and try to at least be somewhat competitive. But there was a minute there that I was getting a little worried, but we went and played Houston, and we did get that victory. So I was glad to see that. And as far as fantasy football, I'm one and two. Your Baltimore team did give me some points. Tom Brady went off like the champion that he is. But unfortunately, I'm only up by eight points, and I've got a player left. He's got a player left, both kind of high-impact players. I think I got the Green Bay tight end. I think he's got the Kansas City running back. So I just need New England to contain the Kansas City running back and maybe for my tight end to find the end zone once or twice so I can at least cushion this little bit of a lead I got. Because as you know from fantasy football, an eight-point lead ain't much of a lead because all it takes is a couple of uh, 20-yard games here and there and find the end zone, and that eight points is gone real fast. So like I said, I need some backup Mm -hmm. points from my people. So I need my uh, Green Bay tight end to uh, get a couple of receptions and uh, hopefully find the end zone as well because I do know that that is a tenuous lead I've got. And I'm hoping, like I was just saying, for the Miami Heat, I'm also hoping that I can get the two and two. I do not want to fall to one and three, but, you know, I'm not going to give up even if I fall to one and three because I'm going to be a scrappy person and make some trades and do other things I got to do to stay in the running and all of that. But that's some of the things that are happening in this world so i'm gonna to try to stay busy with it also so definitely been following sports um you know and when a sorry team gets into baseball speaking of sports and i know we'll get into some other more solid things and maybe some music and some politics and everything but when a sorry team gets into baseball and yes i am a diehard brewers fan as well and they got into the playoffs with a losing record i think it was like you know two games off of a 500 mark and they didn't stay in long they did go against the mighty dodgers got swept in two games, and then now I don't know who to root for in baseball because that's usually the, my yeah. go-to team is the Brewers and the Durham Bulls in the minor league. So I might have to find me another baseball team or pick one out of the sky, you know, kind of like I might have done with the horse racing. But, you know, horse racing also went right. on. Yes, we did have the final of the Triple Crowns and a Philly one. Uh, I think it's the sixth Philly that won. So we definitely got a Philly that went out there and she competed with the boys and said, look, y'all might be some – stallions and all of that but I can run too and she uh, ran them and uh, like I said it was a close race because she only won by her nose but she did win so like I said she got out there and said I can compete too and like I said I believe she is the sixth Philly to win in that category so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that world so definitely we got things happening and jumping and I'm curious to see what else is going to go on in the world but definitely I've been following those kind of things. And, of course, we got somebody trying to appoint a judge and somebody else trying to get settlement money, which I do not um, get I mean, not settlement money, but stimulus money. I need the stimulus money. I'm not going to lie. I need some economic impact and all of that. So I could use a check, but y'all need to stop arguing with each other in Congress and just go ahead and settle it up. You know, what's the difference between $2.3 trillion and $1.5? It's still more money than I will ever see in my yeah. lifetime. So they just need to go ahead and get with some sort of compromise and start sending those checks to us common folks because we need it. I don't know about you, but that's my check. You weren't independently wealthy, so I'm thinking you need it as well. So they just need to stop the madness and start doling out those money so that we can buy basic things like groceries and like uh, pay the rent and all of that kind of stuff. So we just need some real basic kind of things along that line. That's my thoughts on that matter. What do you think? We need it. And, you know, once we get a group of people who understand the needs of the people over the needs of themselves. But in order to do that, we have to vote, not just 
you know, like everybody, okay, the 13th, which is next Tuesday, is the deadline to register to vote, right? And then all ballots must be in by November 3rd. In New Jersey, everybody's getting the vote by mail. There will be some polling places open for those who are uh, disabled because those mail-in ballots are not in Braille. But the majority of us will receive a vote-by-mail ballot. Follow the instructions carefully. You know, pay attention to what you're marking down. Pay attention to how to seal your ballot and sign your ballot. It must match what's on the roll when you originally signed for when we used to go to the polls. And get it back. You could use the ballot drop box. You could drop it off at the Board of Elections. You can actually put it in the mail, you know, um, just get it in. And then after November 3rd, make sure you pay attention for those. In fact, on our ballot, they had, you know, congressional seats that were up or whatever. But make sure that you pay attention to the congressional election. And then after that, make sure you pay attention to your state election. And after that, make sure you pay attention to your local elections because if you do not then individuals who have the me first mentality will continue to uh, be in office and that doesn't benefit those of us the 99% that you know oh make sure your census is in too because if you don't you only shorten yourselves your communities your loved ones you know, it's you have to. You know, some people say they don't have to do anything, but if you want to see change, you have to vote that change in or run for office to make that change. Because if you don't, it's going to be more of the same. We're going to keep looking at things and wondering why instead of dreaming new ideas and saying why not. And when you shut yourself you down, you know. You got to be careful because we have to. We have to. We got a good point, and you actually bring some interesting things that have even gone on here and all of that, which is this whole notion of uh, voting and knowing the rules. Here in North Carolina, they actually require you to have a witness if you're going to vote by mail as well, and apparently there have been some cases of folks that did not know that, and their votes have now been kind of tossed out and things of that nature. So definitely, if you are in a state where you have to have a witness, because, you know, that's just another way of them trying to find ways to suppress votes and things of that nature, make sure you've got the witness that you need. So definitely follow the rules according to what they may be in your individual states and things of that nature. And I don't know about in New Jersey, but here, early voting starts on the 15th. So literally um, a um, day after, I believe, our next um, vice presidential I mean, I'm sorry, vice presidential debate is this coming Wednesday. So the next debate after that is going to be the uh, presidential debate, and the next one of those will be on the 15th, because I think the 14th is the date that they have scheduled for the presidential debate. The 15th is when early voting starts in Durham, at least here in this area, and I think throughout the state of North Carolina. So know where your early voting is if you're going to go do early voting. I did talk to somebody earlier today 
that said that they went and actually did their voting. They've already got their ballots in. It was actually the guest that I mentioned earlier, Deidre Hodge, who, even though she just recently took a job in Minnesota, is still registered as they're transitioning from one place to another to Durham, right. to uh, Minnesota. So she has done her voting, got her ballot, and already mailed it back. So, like I said, a number of folks are doing that and definitely following the rules. So definitely, yeah. if that is your case, know the rules. And as Dean just said, it is very important for us to know the uh, local elections because, as we have said several times on this show, the um, federal decisions are important. We do know that uh, a lot of those and state decisions will be made that can impact you on a lot of different levels, but a lot of the day-to-day things are on your local level, be that your city council, your aldermen, your county commissioners, um, your different departments like soil commissions and uh, transportation and sanitation and a number of other things that are on the local level that can oftentimes impact you more directly in a lot of ways than even what's going on federally and statewide. So definitely do study the campaigns and all of that. And as I have harped on on a number of shows, and I know I will even admit it, I have been guilty of it, but, you know, don't just grab a sheet of paper because the NAACP, the Urban League, and I know Dean is involved with some of those organizations, or because a PAC told you to vote for those folks. Because my new pet peeve is if you're going to vote for somebody, at least have an idea of some of their stances. You don't have to know all of their stances because a lot of times they got to have a whole lot of stances. So I don't need you to know all of them, but at least be able to, if somebody like me was to talk to you into a conversation, and yes, your vote is private, but if they were to talk to you into a conversation, you would be able to give a reason as to why you voted or who you voted for, and not just because some pack told me to or because somebody like I even remember one time I was talking to a young lady that I met online and she actually voted for that person in 1600 and in my conversation with her it turns out that she had voted that way because her husband had voted that way and it basically I guess urged her to vote that way so like I said I think that everybody no matter their gender if you're a child of somebody and you're able to vote now I don't think that your parents should be necessarily just telling you to vote and you just automatically vote that way. I would urge people to have an idea of the issues because issues are important. Well, just stop being everybody's puppet is the bottom line because once you become everybody's puppet, anybody can control you. So, you know, before we uh, move on, we had, I guess, I guess I'll be calling back in in a second. They called, they dropped back out, but I wanted to give, uh, the Chef Gang podcast uh, a, a big up because they're now airing prime time at 10 p.m. on Thursday evening. There'll be you can oh, find wow. it at Taste on TV app on Android and also um, Apple, and they're also on the Roku player. And that's Chef Henry Dudley and his lovely lady Miss Kimberly Chef Kimberly Van Klein, whose birthday is today. So. Happy birthday from Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, you know, but definitely big check big, that big out. birthday shout outs. Yeah, definitely check big that out. Big birthday shout outs. And we're gonna put that on um, you know, on our page on Facebook. We're gonna share that because this is big, you know what I mean? This is big. And well, he's, that's very big and all of that. Right, two 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 top-notch chefs. One I grew up with, you know, in Henry. He's a 2016 Black Enterprise Modern Man, and I followed that same year we were 
Black Enterprise Modern Men together, and it was kind of cool because it's somebody I know. You know what I mean? You're in a group with 100 men, and I know one. One knows one, so the other ones will meet along the way, but he's a fellow uh, Black Enterprise Modern Man, and, and Chef Van Klein was on the uh, Real Housewives of Potomac a couple of weeks ago. You know, when she came in and cooked a meal for one of the uh, families there. So they're doing big things down there, man. And they have their pop-up, um, you know, things where you can order dinners. And they're making it happen even through this pandemic. So salute to the Chef Gang Radio, Chef Gang Podcast. Really Big time real- salute to them. And they are a part of our network as well because I do know that we air them along with all the other amazing shows that we do here so definitely got to give them a big shout out and that's actually something that i have noticed even with some of my own friends that are involved with food trucks and small restaurants is a number of them are doing these pop-up kind of events in order to have people uh supported and to get some nutrition and other things while they are struggling with their restaurants because i've seen a number of those in the raleigh Durham area and a couple in chapel hill as well so definitely seeing more of these pop-up type events, and they are definitely well-respected uh, and well-needed by the community because I've seen mm-hmm. a few folks that have gone to those. I just saw that they did one last week because uh, there's actually a group, I think it's the North uh, Gate Park Association, that does these on a regular basis. So they've done them for a few weeks, and they've had different restaurants that have popped up and definitely served some food and offered different kinds of discounts and things along that line. So definitely a big shout-out to them. It's been a minute, even though I say that he's a schoolmate, and he's definitely somebody that I am always a big fan of. I was a fan of him when he was with the Celtics. I was a fan of him when he was with the Clippers, and he did leave the Clippers. But I also want to give a big shout-out to Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers will now be coaching in your neck of the woods, Dean. He'll be coaching around the corner over there in Philadelphia. He's got some good players that he'll be working with. Uh, I know he'll be working with Joel Embed as well as Ben Simmons and who knows who else he might pick up. And, of course, they've got some other top-notch athletes. So I think Doc will do good there in uh, Philadelphia. But I do want to give Doc Rivers a shout-out, another fellow Marquette graduate because he is somebody that I have always been proud to call a fellow Marquette graduate along with the founder of – well, not the founder, but one of the executives, former executives – of Cree, Chuck Swoboda. So we do have some graduates that have done well and all of that. So definitely Doc is one of our crown jewels. So we want to give him a shout-out as he now comes back east. And like I said, he's been out in the West Coast for a while. I thought he did well with the Clippers. I know a lot of folks were disappointed after they let that 3-1 lead vanish and then uh, Denver took them uh, out and then Denver got taken out by the Lakers. But definitely I still thought that he was an amazing coach and I still think he's an amazing coach no matter what type of he might be here and there. He is an outstanding coach. And what what amazes me sometimes is that I guess people expect to win every game. There's nothing wrong with that. But once you lose, they can't accept Hey, we, we we lost this one. Let's regroup. Let's get our stuff together and get ready for the next game. What they end right. up doing is, you know, oh, we got to get rid of him. He's not a good coach, and and all of those things lead me to believe that most of these folks that end up making the decisions never really played the sport that they actually own teams in, or they they would never uh, play any organized sport because. 
you know, if you go undefeated all the time and then you lose, you're going to have a hard way to go because you don't know how to lose. You don't know how to. And it's almost like in life, if everything goes right all of the time, then when that one thing happens that disrupts your entire life, you're going to lose all kind of self-control, if not your mind, because you don't know how to, you know, you fall down seven times, but you just lay there. At some point, you're going to learn to get up, you know, fall down seven times and get up eight. You learn how to deal, and, and growing up anyway, it helps you to deal with certain situations and stuff like So as you get older and you're not able to actually play those sports anymore because your body tells you otherwise. But you have learned and you have, you know, things that happen in your family and you have family members that help you deal with tough times. And, you know, like they said, tough times never last, but tough people do. So what happens if you're not a tough person? You fall apart, and then next thing you know, you're blaming somebody because your life is jacked up. And that's a, that's a terrible way to, to go through this thing we call life. We're only going to go through it once unless you believe in reincarnation, and then you may come back again. But how are you going to handle the situations now? You know, how are you going to deal with things now? You know what I mean? And and it's just like at some point, you're going to learn to effectively handle situations. No doubt about that. You got to learn learn how to fix those situations and all of that. And by the way, just to give a... uh, Shout out because um, it was this past weekend, and there will be one more. But that was correct. It was the folks over there at the Northgate area. So, like I said, a number of these things that have been happening in terms of the food pop up. So, Bo's Kitchen was the one that was serving the tasty barbecue options this past weekend. I'm actually getting hungry, Dean, just looking at what they had because it was like <laughs> gluten free and vegetarian sweet potato noodles, mandu, japchi, and kimchi. And they were offering that this past week. And then Ches Moy, which is a um, um, confectionery kind of shop, they were offering things as well. So like I said, I was getting hungry just looking at what they had and how things went. And then I just got an email from them saying that uh, they had uh, had a great event. So as a matter of fact, the email says, hi, neighbors, a big smile for what was a great pop-up in the park second session last Thursday with both trucks in the partnership reporting good patronage online and on-site for their wares and safe socially distanced activity throughout. Congratulations to all who supported the truck entrepreneurs and took home a tasty repast or sweet treat to enjoy. And this person is a friend of mine, Deborah Hawkins, said the food was sublime. So I might need to see if they got any leftovers over in their house if it was that sublime. But they did say that this coming, well, not this week, but that same week we were just talking about for early voting. The 15th of October will be the final one for this particular season and everything. So they will have that going on October 15th between 5 and 8 p.m. And as I learned who those food trucks are, I will share it with our folks that listen here on our network. But, yes, they've done a few of these, and it looks like they have been tremendous success. So definitely that's just one example, and I'm sure there are a number of other examples 
as well. But like I said, I was just in there as I was reading that, and that's actually what happened the last time that I've gotten these emails about these pop-ups going like, on it, you know, it's still not within walking distance. I can't catch the bus and do a number of other ways to get there, but it's not walking distance, and I'm going like, I'm getting hungry just thinking about that good food. And, right. you know, there's some decent food in the house, but it's not that kind of food. And I'm going like, y'all are just making me mad, the fact that it's not in my own personal backyard. I need it right here, right now, and I'm sure you can relate to that thought as well. Cause you're probably sitting there like, hmm, that sounded good. I need some of that right here. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, no doubt about that. He's like, I need it right now. I need to have some good old-fashioned food right at this moment, and I cannot argue with you that in the least bit. By the way, now, I was going to tell you that I got to be able to cook. Now, now that's a, right, that's that's a true. big thing. Like, okay, the chef gang, I can I can vouch for them. I've actually had the food; it was phenomenal. You know what I mean? So now, as long as somebody can vouch for who's out there cooking, you got a chance. But don't exactly. just come out of the woodwork like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be cooking now because. If your food is not up to par, you know, we are not um, especially forgiving when things, you know, don't come out quite right, man. We can get, we can get real rough when things don't go quite right. (laughs) Well, you got a point there. We can get real rough, real fast and everything because we do like good food. We don't want to just cook and think they can cook and they don't actually have don't, the skill. So like you said, if you go have the skill Don't don't be a, a, a part time there's nothing wrong with cooking for yourself if that's your taste buds and your taste buds. But when you start cooking for other people, you know, you sometimes I think some people forget, you know, I'm like somebody might be a person who loves a lot of spices like curry and, you know, all of those uh hotter spices and they will cook the same way so now you haven't taken into account the individuals who you know are purchasing your items someone may use too much salt some people may not use enough salt you know and it's all of these different things and it's like all right when are you going to cook for the people that are eating your food and not cooking for yourself you know, so you got to keep there. all those things in mind too, man. You got people who have dietary restrictions, their allergies, um, you know, diabetic concerns, and you just can't put. You know, I I like I could never make Kool Aid for a, a large group of people. I grew up in the South. I put a lot of sugar in my Kool Aid, a lot. You know, I can't make Kool Aid for a group of people because. If I make the Kool-Aid, somebody's body may go into shock. And they may not necessarily be diabetic, you know, but you have to take all of those things into consideration. I, I use Kool-Aid because it's like the first thing I thought of. But, you know, it, it's just certain things that you know you don't want to shock anybody. And they're like, oh, my goodness, what did I just drink? And I'm drinking it like it's Kool-Aid. It's fine. They're like, nah, man, it's syrup. I don't like it. But it's not syrupy, but because it's so sweet to them, you know, they don't, you know, like a lot of people up here, when I first moved 
to further north, the first shock I got was there's no sweet iced tea. And I, wow. I'll use it like, okay, you're in North Carolina, so you, you're familiar with Hardee's, you know. Yeah. Um, and Hardee's has some of the best sweet tea. And it's nice and sweet. And it's cold. And it's awesome. Got here? They were like, sir, we'll give you some sugar packets. And you do what you do. And if you don't do what you do, you'll just pick something else to drink. Because we do not make sweet tea. And I was swole like that. And I was like, this is some BS. I came up here and there's no sweet tea. Man, I'm ready to go back down south. But then there are some places that make sweet tea. I just have to make it a little sweeter. You know, you always find a way when it's something that you want, something that you want to do. You're going to find a way. When it's something that you don't want to do, you're going to find an excuse. <laughs> well, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking, as you were saying that, I'm thinking that I'll be suffering from some serious withdrawal because I know I like my sweet tea. I've always liked my sweet tea. And I would be suffering from some real serious withdrawal not having no sweet tea. I'm just going to be honest because I like you my know what I did? sweet tea big time. Bro, when I first got to North Jersey, and they told me at that diner that they would give me sugar packets. So I said, all right, bring me some sugar packets. And they brought like five. And I said, excuse me, I need you to bring me at least 30 packs of sugar. And they looked at me like, are you trying to kill yourself? I was like, no, my taste buds are a lot different. I'm not used to unsweet tea. And my tea has right. to be just right to my liking and they brought the whole and it was funny because I guess she was like I'm not counting 30 packs of sugar so they brought me the whole big thing like take what you want and we'll come and get the thing back from you so like 15 minutes later she came back and I was like man I'm gonna need a refill so before she left I had like 60, 70 packets of sugar sitting on the table beside me. I know people were looking at me like, man, he, he must be nuts. But when I finished that first one, I asked for a refill. What did I have to do? I had to use the sugar packet. So instead of go through, going through all of that stuff again, I just had the sugar ready for me. you know. And I didn't care how I looked. I wanted my sweet tea. And not your sweet, my sweet. <laughs> I'm just trying to get over the fact of no sweet tea because, like I said, I love my sweet tea and all of that. Um, and I'm just trying to get how you can do that because that's just kind of scary to me not having sweet tea. Now, how do they do with speaking of southern food? And you know, this is I'm about to mention something that is very southern, but how do they do with grits up there? Or do they even believe in grits and uh, actually, eggs and all of that? Yeah, they actually the diners up here like. I guess Jersey is one of the last spots that have diners. And when you go to right. the diner, you can get anything. I mean, the menu is so huge. You can't just go in there unless you know what you want. If you go in there for the first time, it's going to take you at least 15 to 20 minutes to actually just look through the entire menu because the menu is huge. They cook everything, you know, and you can get whatever you want whenever you want it. But grits, corned beef hash, like, 
Shout out to the Golden Dawn Donners on 130 in Burlington. Edgewood Apart. They they get it. They get it right, too. Ponzios in Cherry Hill. They get it. They get it right. So, you know, it, it's it's a um they do well. They do well with that. They don't they don't sham on it. Hey, we got somebody at the door now, man. Uh oh. Oh, I like people at the door. Yeah, so I'm going to the doorbell, but let's bring them in and find out who they are, and then we get the show started, all right? Thanks for calling Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. You are now on the line. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Yo, this is Dr. Funk calling you hey, on Dr. the West Coast. Glad to have you calling again, and glad to be uh, representing once again here and everything. Dr. Funk has got an amazing story and all of that. And like I said, he was sharing it with me earlier on uh, the streaming podcast, but I'm sure that uh, we can explore even more of what's going on in the world because we're actually kicking about all kinds of stuff. So actually, um, we can learn uh, hey, a have conversation. Yeah, we can talk food on this one because we're all about food and we're talking about food and I know that's not what we were having the conversation on the other platform, but uh, Dean was telling about the way that grits and tea are treated over there in New Jersey. So you're over there on the West Coast and I know you're originally from the Northeast. You spent some time around New York and everything. So what kind of shock did you have? I'm born and raised on the East Coast, man. But what kind of shots did you have when you moved to the West Coast? That's what I was going to ask you. Is what was the difference between what kind the of what? soul food? What kind of shock did you have to your system oh, when you moved to the West Coast? Big. It was a big shock. My family all my family all up and down the East Coast. I have family in every state on the East Coast. Wow. From Maine down to Florida. Okay, but I'm out on the West Coast like an idiot. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's just no, all good out here. But the bad, food is no? Uh, no, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I was just joking. But um, <laughs> it's different. It's different. Right. You know, because right. you know we used to real grits, not that instant stuff. You oh, know, oh, if you don't cook oh. grits, make it real. Yeah, you know, that's true. My family down in the South, man, they make cheese grits. You know. Oh yeah, I know about them cheese grits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's different but you know it's almost like going you know to Canada where the food is really different mm-hmm. up there in Canada they have a totally different cuisine and I remember the first wow. time I was up there I was like okay I need to find something to eat <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's good but you know California they're more on the health tip you know because in New York you know we just eat whatever yeah. But um, and it's good though. It, it's it's good. Like the seasons are different out here. You know, even the uh, the sodas are different. Which yeah. is like you know South Carolina and Virginia. You know, we call it pop. Right. But out here, everything's soda, soda, soda. They taste different. You know, because wow. I even had some of my cousins mail me some great soda, and we compared it. And I told some of the cats from California, I said, you try this soda. They was like, man, this tastes different. I go, I, I was trying to tell you. <laughs> you know, it's different. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a whole different vibe. What are some of the foods yeah, that you yeah. did like? What are some of the foods you liked out in California that you didn't necessarily get in the East Coast that you have become fans of? So what is something that you 
are eating out there that you have become a fan of that's different from what you might have been eating that you weren't a fan of uh, here on this coast. So tell, tell our listeners something that you might have well, been having. When I came out here to uh, California, pretty much, you know, that's when you leave home and, you know, and they say don't come back. So I was on my own out here, and I got to learn about more vegetarian food, you know. And so I started getting interested into tofu and stuff like that and what you can do with tofu. And we met this lady that owned a restaurant where she made everything out of tofu, Mexican food, uh, ice cream, everything. And I had the honor of taking the actor, Danny Glover, there wow. because he was trying to stop eating meat. You know, it was just around the time where he was, they was doing um, Color Purple or just had finished. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to stop eating meat. So I took him there, and he loved it. And he said, you tell him this is not meat? I said, no, it's tofu. You know, because he ordered the, the Mexican platter. And she was amazing. So that's one thing I kind of started to like out here. And then mm-hmm. the freshness because of the um, the farms that they have in California. So your fruit is really fresh out here. You know, because of all the farming that they have going on in California because it's a big state. So I started getting into stuff like that, especially touring. So, you know, when you're on tour, you, um, you're doing a lot of shows and you have a tendency to party too much. <laughs> so I started I start eating more fruit just to, to help me, you know. But, you know, I, I still miss, you know, like the old school, you know, like in church when uh, they taught me, the ladies in the church taught me how to make real homemade macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Not that popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's real, that's right. that, that real macaroni and cheese, that good macaroni yeah. and cheese. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you put hey, that big old pan and you, that's it, man. I know, that's my right. mom hey, would leave me what in the kitchen when she go upstairs and rehearse with the choir. And she'd oh, leave yeah. me down there with those church ladies, and they, they put me to work. Yeah. Oh, no, I know about being put to work. I know how to cook. Yeah, I know about being put to work. I know no, I know about that being put to work. Dean, I had a quick question for you, and I'm going to share my story, and I think I've shared it before on this show about being put to work on a basic task, but it was a task that was important. But, uh, Dean, what do you think about um, tofu ice cream? Because uh, Dr. Pope said he's uh, got a restaurant that's got tofu ice cream. So what do you think about this uh, notion of tofu ice cream? I never had it, but I ain't going to knock it because, like I said, you know, I can't diss something I never had. You know That's what I mean? True. That's true. That's you, true. It could sound it sounds different, but you know when you, you know when you're younger, you're like, man, I ain't eating that. That's nasty. Blah 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 blah. I was like that with broccoli, <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm not eating. That looks like a little tree, man. I'm not eating that shit. And then one day, I tasted it, and I was like, man, this might need some butter and some salt on it. And once I put that butter and salt on, it, I was like, yo. Now, I can't eat it raw. I won't eat it raw, but if you steam it, man, I'm putting that butter on there, 
I'm putting that salt on there, and I'm going to work. You know, it's the same thing. With, I was like that with grits for a long time. I wouldn't eat grits. And then I was oh, like, really? like uh, no, I wouldn't. And, you know, but then I looked at it one day. I said, let me try this. Oh, I need some salt, pepper, and butter. I put that salt, pepper, and butter on it, and I'm good now. You know, and the thing that I miss being in the north, I miss lemon chest pies. And, I mean, every time I go home to Petersburg, Virginia, I'll stop and get the lemon chest pies or the lemon chest tarts. I bring it home. I put it in the freezer. And you know, I I just I get it in, bro. I I, I, I love it. We got another person at the door too. So, all right, they already I saw that, so I, Yeah, thanks yeah. thanks for calling Straight Talk with Dana Mark. You are now on the line. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hi there, this is Sherry Lee from South Africa. Hey, hey well, I'm so glad you're able to join us, Cheryl Lee. Guess what? We were talking about good food and the difference between good food. Cheryl Lee is actually a musician out of South Africa, so we've got folks calling wow. us all the way from South Africa. So wow. we have definitely got a global Very thing nice. going on here in the world and all of that. <laughs> so it's early in the morning where she's at, but we're talking about good food and different uh, palates that might exist because the conversation goes a little bit of everywhere here on uh, Straight Talk with Dean and Mark and everything. So, Cheryl Lee, uh, what has been, um, first off, have you ever had the pleasure of doing in your musical career traveling to the States, or has all of your career so far been in South Africa? Because, like I said, I met you through my friend Alexandria that does a program with me on IBM.TV. So, you know, that whole uh, IBM.TV world is making us a global community because I was actually giving Alexandria a shout-out when I had Kim on our last streaming podcast show. So glad that you could join us, Cheryl Lee, and everything. I know it's really early in the morning where you are, but tell us, the Dr. Funk, who's also a musician, about your own musical career and whether you've had the pleasure of traveling to the States or any other parts of the world and the different palettes that you have experienced. Yes, I actually had the opportunity to, um, uh, to come to Tennessee um, uh, Nashville last year in November and um, I had the opportunity to taste your barbecue and oh my word I just totally fell in love with it <laughs> it's different to South African barbecue we call it the braai here in South Africa but um, we, we actually my husband and I totally enjoyed it it was so lovely it's nice to, to taste um, other, well, get a feel for other cultures and other tastes, and and um, no, I totally love food. <laughs> Sounds great, definitely. So yes. Oh, and Shirley, and I'm, yeah. um, we're going to have Dr. Funk share a little bit of his background as well, but he's worked with some amazing musicians and has been in the music game for a while. Like I said, I met you through Alexandria, but for those that are through listening Alexandra. on yeah. our global network and everything. Share a little bit about your musical journey and how you got involved in music and how you would describe your music. Like I said, when I heard you sing, I was just blown away. I'm sitting there going like, this woman is just truly amazing. I've got to invite her on all my platforms because she's just truly amazing because I just was devastatingly blown away by your sound because I just thought it was a great sound. But I'd love to hear you talk about as to how you got into music. Thank you very much, Mark. No, um, 
It was so nice meeting, well, seeing your, seeing your comments while I was busy talking to Alexandra. And um, it's so nice to meet people from all over the world that, have, that share the same passion. You know, music is, is my passion. And I started off at the tender age of 13. My dad used to be a part-time musician. He was a bassist. And um, he basically got me into music. I used to sing at, at product launches and um, promotions and store promotions um, yeah, in South Africa. And that's how I got into music. And later on, year, in my late teens, I decided, you know, I, I don't just want to sing covers. I want to write my own material. And totally fell in love with writing and um, being a songwriter and um, uh, then I only sang. I didn't really have um, any experience in instrumental or, or playing an instrument. But um, about three or four years ago, I decided after a long, long career in playing with bands or be, being part of bands and being a lead vocalist in bands, I decided to go and follow my own solo career. And through that, I decided I needed to play an instrument. So I taught myself an instrument um, about three years ago. I had a lot of help from my dad because he's a guitarist as well. And, well, bassist and guitar, guitarist. I'm sure a lot of people, if you can play guitar, you have a feel for bass as well. So um, he basically helped me play to, to, to learn how to play guitar. And um, that actually totally helped me in writing and and developing my own style. And so, yes, that's the first time that you heard me now on Alexandra's show uh, about a month ago. And it was, I must say, it's, it's given me new perspectives on writing to play an instrument. It also helps me a lot more than what I used to because, you know, if you're a vocalist, it gets... Um, sometimes difficult to translate it to other musicians or if you've got an idea or a, or a song that you've written, it's difficult to translate it to other musician if they part of your band to play it or just to get, get it across. <laughs> it's much easier if you play instruments. So that's what I did. And um, so three years ago, like I said, I started playing instrument and started with my first, well, my solo career. And I am busy working on my album, my first um, solo album. And um, I don't really know what it's called yet, but it's, I don't know if you, you know South African languages, but we've got um, 11 official languages here in South Africa. Yeah. And one of them are Afrikaans, which is my, uh, not my mother tongue, I would say my father's tongue, because my father was a, is an Afrikaner. And then my mother was a, was an English lady. Um, her surname was actually Nixon, Piggott Nixon. So she she was an English lady, and um, yeah, so so that's where I came from. So my songs are written in English and in Afrikaans. So my album is going to be a a combination of that. So that's my my story, Mark. In a mouthful. Sounds good. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds great. I'm glad you were able to share that story and everything. Dr. Funk, I know that I've heard this story from others as well, but since we've got the uh, lovely Shirley here, if you will share a little bit of your story so that y'all can see some of the parallels that exist in your musical story. So I'm turning it over to you, Dr. Funk, to share a little bit of your musical journey. Oh, sure. Well, as you know, um, I've told you before, uh, how's everybody doing? I just want to say hi to everybody. And um, Hi there. How are you, Dr. I, Funk? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to meet you. You too. And as a fellow musician, I started out very young, very young. And I was only seven years old when I was playing drums in church uh, with the That's awesome. mass choir. And I... Um, started young on piano because I wanted to and my mother was a gospel singer so she dragged me everywhere with her to all her shows events and concerts so I was born to do this and when I was born my uncle and my mother told the doctor yep that's the wild one right there it's going to be him (laughs) so they knew and it's in your blood, eh? Yes, in my blood, because I was able to, at a young age, play songs that I never heard before. And I remember That's being awesome. in preschool. And, you know, in preschool, they give you those little flutophone things. And I was able to play all the nursery rhymes and play the melodies. And so they called my mom. And they said, your child has a talent. He's a prodigy. And they wanted my mother to put me in um, a special music program. But, um, you know, being in the urban community, my mother couldn't afford it. You know, there's no way. And I, I never met my dad, so we couldn't do it. So anything that had to do with music, I was on it. I don't care what it was. So that's one reason why I play different instruments. Because um, I'm I'm a bass player, keyboardist, drummer, percussion, and I sing lead and background. And my grandfather in the 40s was a big band leader. So, yeah, I was born to do this. So when it's I was, totally um, in a person's blood, totally. I'm that's sorry? what I was going to ask you, Shirley. Um, Shirley was saying it's in a person's blood, and that's one of the things I was going to ask her is, does she feel that it was in her blood from a young age and even being born there? And you were born in South Africa, correctly? Yes, I was born in South Africa. And, yes, yeah. I, I totally felt from when, when I was young. I used to watch, um, you know, all these TV shows. We we were lucky. We, we got a lot of American shows here in South Africa, so... Um, you know, we used to watch all the kiddie shows and I also used to just memorize all the songs and my dad was like, well, this kid's got, got talent, you know? So that's why I say, <laughs> I, I think you're born with it. You're born with it. You don't, you yeah, know, right. it's, 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 and then later on you develop this passion for it. So, and you can't shy away from it. It's like a burning flame in you. <laughs> No, it's a one of the things I've noticed, one of the things you know? I've noticed differently, and I was just wondering your thoughts on this, Shirley, is that we've talked about this on the show before, is that um, there was a time in America that the arts was really treasured in terms of like education 
in the arts. But it seems to me that a lot of other countries, and I would argue South Africa being one of them, that y'all treasure the arts more than we do here in America in terms of, like, teaching the arts at a young age. So do you think that that is a fair assessment on my part, or do you think that that's not the case, that y'all need to improve in terms of educating kids about the arts and music and things of that nature? Because it does seem to me that some of the countries that are away from America do a better job of teaching the arts. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think um, when I was younger, I think so. Um, but I, that was, that was pre-94. So it was, was, I was born in the, in the bad time, like the, the, like the apartheid, you know, the, the political unrest time in South Africa. And um, in that time, I think there was a lot of, lot of potential and a lot of support for the arts. So definitely. But as the time group um, has grown on and there's new political party and um, the people aren't investing so much money into the arts at the moment um, because there's other things that take priority like poverty, people don't have jobs, people, you know, all the political unrest that we have here in South Africa, I think that that takes more priority. So I don't think the government invests a lot of money into the arts like they used to. Um, but I think there is a lot of um, private companies that actually try and invest in, in the, the youth and try and develop them for in, in, if they're obviously interested or if they have the talent to develop them. So, um, yeah, from a gov- governmental perspective, we don't really have that support anymore. But uh, a lot of, like I said, corporate companies or private corporate companies um, actually invest a lot of money into it. So I think it's a difficult situation at the moment. But I think we try. I think there's a lot of um, talent and and a lot of love for, for, the, for the arts in South Africa. And I'm sure you guys there in America also have a love for it. I mean, it's just difficult. I mean, during the COVID um, time, there was no support for, for artists. I mean, for six months, the artists couldn't work. And there was no support from the government. So, like I said, it's difficult. It's a really difficult situation. But... But I don't think the love and, and the passion for music is going to ever die here in South Africa. Um, but I just wish the government could invest more in, in the development of youth and, um, you know, the arts. So that's my perspective, now, Mark. <laughs> no, that makes, a, that makes a lot of sense, and that's a great perspective. Um, you were talking about the support that y'all were getting and everything. Were you actually able to rehearse um, either in a home studio or elsewhere? Because I know that Dr. Funk, because I talked to him earlier today on my other platforms, had talked about that he's actually been recording a new album. So were you able to do any recording during this time or any performances, or is it just now that you're getting out able to get to any kind of singer-songwriter performances now or how is it going during this whole pandemic era that we've been in? Well, um, I actually uh, started writing more because I had time and I was working on my skills as well. I mean, as a musician, you always can improve and um, with the technical skills. So, so that's what I did. I was working in, on new material 
And I did go into the last period when we actually opened up our economy a little bit. Uh, we were allowed to move to places and uh, like meet people. And so I decided to go to a studio and do the final vocals for my album. So, um, so that's what I did in, in the COVID time. And now it is open. Um, it, it's only starting up. The economy is only starting up now. Um, it's been, I think, two weeks now that we're on stage uh, level one. Uh, we're on different stages. And now, we, now the, the musicians can go and perform. So it's always been, almost been six months that artists couldn't, couldn't have performed. I don't know how long you guys had. Did you get any support from your government? And how did it work, Mark? Do you know? Well, like it's, yeah, it's, it's been difficult. Um, there was the stimulus checks, and I know a number of musicians that uh, got that stimulus check and might have tried to buy equipment or use it for studio time. But, of course, the studios were closed as well. So I'll actually turn it over to Dr. Fonku. Yes. How did you manage to get that album produced, and which time did you start working on the album? Because we haven't been in the middle of this pandemic. So what time? when did you start actually working on your project and your album? Uh, the new album we started yeah. working on, um, it was weird because it was just before this hit earlier this year because um, the record company that we signed with, they were still releasing songs off our first album and all the singles. So um, I was at home one night. And I started writing a song, and my brother said, hey, that's a good one. So I said, well, let's just go ahead and let's start working on a new album and see. And then the whole pandemic and virus hit, and we're like, oh, no, you got to be kidding. Because we had a full schedule of shows that we were going to do um, to raise the money uh, for the project. And everything shut down but by the grace of god we still had some money from the shows that we had did for the budget to at least start so that's what we did we started uh, the first few songs and um i started arranging all the string parts and horn parts for everybody and then um the studio that we worked at is a private studio up in the hills so it's not open to the public and the guy that runs the studio said, Dr. Funk, don't even worry about it. They go, we just keep a log of the hours you guys do, and you pay us on the back end. So that 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 was a blessing. That was a real sounds blessing. Like a, sounds like a definite blessing. Um, Shirley, yeah. um, one of the things we oftentimes talk about here in the United States is the support or sometimes the lack of support that is given from commercial radio. So how is it there in South Africa and some of the other African nations? Do independent artists find a lot of support from the um, local commercial radio stations, or do y'all find the same challenges that we do here in the States in terms of trying to get broken, uh, like get those breakout hits? Because I know here there's a few major corporations that own most of our radio stations, so it's not as easy 
for our um, developing talent or our talent that's considered independent to get the voice the way that they were like. So how is it there in South Africa and the rest of the Southern African countries compared to here? And like I said, you did have the pleasure of coming to Nashville, so you might even have some parallels as to how the industries work. I think um, in South Africa, I think we're, we're facing the same problems um, for independent artists. It, it feels sometimes it feels as if it's blocked by labels or by uh, PR companies um, that, that we can't get those um, networks going with radio stations and um, people that can, can actually help us get the music out there. So I don't know, um, Dr. Funk can most, most probably uh, share a better light or shine a better light on, on what he experiences that side. But my, my experience is that it's very difficult for an independent artist to do it. But I've got, I've got my, let, let's say, like my team. I've recently joined a PR company and a marketing company that I pay to help and um, uh, get my music out there. But I only recently joined because I've got a, uh, a CD that I want to market early next year. So, so that's my, that's my uh, perspective from it. Yeah, I think it's much easier for a signed artist um, to get somewhere here in South Africa. And most of the time, the artists that are signed by labels um, are very young. Um, and um, I, I don't know, it's, it's, I think the young comes with a new or the, let's say, the, the different sound or a, or a new modern sound that they're looking for. That's maybe why they look for young, youngsters. But I'm a, I've been in the music industry for about 20-odd years. And um, like I said, I used to be part of rock bands and and only decided to follow my dream as a solo artist about three years ago. But that's what I found that it's difficult as a as an independent artist to to get um, record, or let's say exposure. That's just from my point of view. That makes sense. And what about yourself, Dr. Funk? What kind of uh, experiences have you had in that? And how important is it for you to have that international audience? Because I know that Shirley's in South Africa, and I know she's traveled to Nashville, but we've talked before, and you've oftentimes talked about your experiences in coming to, like, Japan and other parts of the world. So what has your experience been in terms of being dealing with uh, radio stations and you know, on the concert side, the Live Nations and the kind of like platforms like that, and then how important is it for you to deal with the uh, international market? It's very important because we want our music and the message in our music to reach the world, not just the United States. And especially in these times because people are scared. There's a lot of fear out there. And it seems um, we got a lot of reviews saying that our music is helping people get through these bad times um, through the virus and through the racism that is going on here in the United States. And it's not just here in the United States, apparently, because I have friends in London and Italy, then Japan, China, Germany, and it's, it's spreading everywhere. So it's very important to share the love with everyone all over the planet because this is our planet. Don't care where you are on the planet. 
we're still human beings so with one another and it's an honor and a pleasure to to um make your acquaintance Shelley. so oh thank you I too love it. dr dr funk <laughs> Yeah, if you ever want to come to South Africa, you can always come visit you, hey? <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, that's, you know, it's been a dream of mine that my whole career um, from working with um, Earth, Wind, and Fire because I always had a dream of coming to see um, the pyramids and seeing what it would be like to sit there and write a song, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. I that's usually that's the best be, way to open up. <laughs> I'm sorry? You're welcome. I live. I don't live in the nicest part of South Africa. I live in, in Johann, nearby Johannesburg. It's called Pretoria. Okay. And yeah. um, so that's where I live. So it's a little bit more into um, the middle of South Africa. So it's not the coast. But I would love to go and live in Cape Town. That's the most beautiful part of South Africa where Sable Mountain, Mountain is. And I think that would be the most um, tourist attraction uh, or, or, the, or the part of the country with the best tourist, tourist attraction. So if you ever want to come to South Africa, you're always welcome. Wow. Sounds great. I'm, like I'm there. An opportunity to, I'm like there. An opportunity to get there and everything. <laughs> what do you, um, just to get back to some of the political conversations, but then we'll come back to music and everything. What has been the reaction of people, Shirley, to when they've seen things going around around Black Lives Matter? Because you did mention that you grew up in apartheid, and definitely some of the things that we're seeing now here kind of remind us of that apartheid period and that earlier civil rights period of the 60s. So definitely, as y'all have seen some of the things going around, police um, activities and police violence and things of that nature, what has been y'all's reaction? And have y'all had similar problems between um, the different ethnicities and the police there in South Africa. So how, how has y'all's reaction been to what's been going on in the United States and have y'all had similar things happening in your country? Yes, um, you know, I mean, our whole country has basically got a history of racism. So, I mean, if you talk about South Africa, everybody's like apartheid. But not everybody knows how it was to live here and how it is to live here. Um, Pre-apartheid, I was very young. I didn't know uh, about racism. My parents brought me up to know that, or, or, or taught me to um, love every, anybody and everybody, not looking looking past, past their skin color. So I, that was my way of, of um, upbringing. And um, I mean, in those days, I remember my mom um, being friends with a Chinese lady, and she's actually still, still my, my, one of my best um, friends as well, my mom's best friends. But my mom passed away a few years ago, but she's still in our life. And those days, you, it was frowned upon to be friends with anybody with a different color, um, skin color. And, it, I mean, it was bad. And now, um, now that we've got a, I think it's about an 8%... Um, white population compared to a different skin type um, here in South Africa. It's, it's a little bit different now um, in the sense of that I feel and what I've noticed is that um, the 8% white minority 
is basically, um, it feels like reverse racism, if there's such a word. <laughs> um, because, because nothing is in our favour. I mean, there's, there's policies implemented like BEE, which doesn't give um, a, a white person the ability to um, apply for jobs. You apply for a job and it's not based on your skills, it's based on skin color. And um, it's very difficult. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I understand all the bad, and I don't want to be insensitive, but all the bad things that happened during apartheid was bad. I mean, the stuff that you guys hear and the stuff that I heard when I was growing up or after I, I was a little bit bigger to understand, um, it, it was bad, but I don't think there's, it's, it's supposed to be um, shown to the white people that, that we are the bad ones in the situation. I mean, it's been 35 years and the government still uses apartheid as a, as a tool to um, say all their wrongs that they're doing now by um, not giving financial support to uh, poor people. They're basically so corrupt, stealing so much money. Um, so they don't, they don't help people um, in the country. And um, they use that apartheid as the, um, let's say, the reason why they're doing it. <laughs> so yeah. it's a very difficult well, situation. I, I think it's totally reversed from Americans uh, because the the minority or the demographics is totally different compared to South Africa because um, I don't want to say, it's difficult to say white and black, but, but I mean, that's a, that's a minority in South Africa is white and predominantly is black. But I don't know. I, I just want to get past racism and, it, and it's still glooming here in South Africa because the government brings it up every time. And, and I just, we all just want to get past it. We want a rainbow nation like Nelson Mandela said. We want a country that's prosperous and, you know, working together. But it's, it's, it's just this feeling that we can't get past it because it's been thrown in our faces so many years and nothing has been done to improve the country. Gotcha. That's from how my point of view. So no, that makes sense. And how important do you think it is to use the arts, because we were talking earlier on a couple of different shows about the importance of using the arts to uh, spread messages. And, of course, here in the States, we're seeing our athletes use their platforms to <clears throat> spread messages of, um, and it might be messages of peace and messages of change, but how important is it for artists to be involved in uh, using their platform as a tool in order to um, spread a word of whatever that word is. So are you seeing a number of artists doing that in South Africa? Because I know we're seeing both artists and athletes oh, do yes. that here oh. in the States. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, since, since I was younger, I mean, you've got Johnny, uh, Johnny Clegg that used to propagate the, the, the bad things coming uh, that was Yona Parsad. I mean, it, I, I think where you brought up, you write about, what's in your immediate environment and how you're brought up and all those things influence what you write about and what you, what you um, want people to hear. And 
my aim through my music is to inspire and, and uplift. So in South Africa, I tend to write about my upbringing and my experiences in my country. And I'm sure Dr. Funk would, would feel the same. We write about um, things that, you know, emotions and, and things that happen in your everyday life. And I think through my music, I try and uplift people in South Africa. I do sing about my country. I sing about the unrest that was here. I sing about um, uh, improving yourself as a human. Um, you know, we all, we all, there's, there's one song that I wrote, it's called uh, We All Fall. And we're all human. We all have, um, we're all going to fail sometimes. <laughs> But it's how we use that experience to improve ourselves. So that's, yeah. that's from my perspective, you know. So um, I think South Africa's got a, still a long way to go. But the artists and the, the people that can get messages out there, I think they are very, very important. So the arts, definitely they are being used to bring out um, messages of hope and messages of inspiration and, and um yeah, so that's, that's from my perspective. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how would you describe, like, Dr. Funk, we actually had this conversation earlier about that kind of, like, way that we are qualified, like Dr. Funk, of course, as a funk musician. I know some people that are classified as jazz musicians. In South Africa, where would they, they put your music? Do they, like, I know that Alexandria is considered a pop star, like a young South African pop star, but where do they qualify your music at? Or do you even like qualifications? Do you like to think of yourself as kind of crossing <laughs> those boundaries? Um, I, I basically can, well, a lot of people, if I play live, they say I've got a, actually, I've got a Southern rock sound, which is weird, but it's not actually so weird because I mean, I've got a rock background, but because of, uh, influences from pop and country and, and soul, um, I think that forms my sound. But the type of music I write, I think, can be classified as adult contemporary genre. So that's, that's where I... Because I've got a lot of influence. I can't... Influences, I can't just classify it under one genre. <laughs> because adult contemporary is a, a very... Um, Why do you call it? Uh, inclusive... Um, genre <laughs> because you can have influences from country, from pop, from rock. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how everything. I would classify. Yeah. Yes, definitely, okay. I agree with you. Um, Dean, if you could bring Eris into the conversation, she's actually Dr. Punk's PR uh, lady, and I see that she's called in as well. Yeah. And then I see that she might want to talk to Shirley, so I'm glad that yep. we talked on private conversations, but never in the show environment. So, Eris, you're here. You've got uh, one of your clients, Dr. Funk, here on, excuse me, on the line as well. And you've also now meeting Shirley all the way from South Africa. By the way, Eris is calling us from Hawaii because Eris has lived all over different parts of the world, but currently she is in Hawaii. So, uh, Dean, we're having a truly global conversation. <laughs> awesome. so we've got Hawaii represented, we've got uh, yes, Cal um, California represented, and we've got South and Africa South represented. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eris, what do you got to say about this and the importance, because you've been listening to part of the conversation, and I know Shirley's here, and I know that she's a big-time fan of PR and marketing, and that's part of what UB Entertainment, UB Magazine is all about. So share with our folks a little bit about yourself, 
the UBO empire. It's an empire, by the way. I should warn you. She's got an empire, Dean. So she's got like this whole media, (laughs) entertainment, conglomerate empire going on. But definitely would love to hear you talk about the importance of marketing. And who knows? You might even have a question for Cheryl Lee because I also know that you are a fellow journalist. So you might even have a question for our South African uh, singer. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, I don't have an empire, number one. <laughs> number two, you know, hello, Dr. Funk. I love you. Hey, how you doing, babe? <laughs> Everything good? Yes. I had to call in. I was like, what? <laughs> I have to talk to this wonderful lady. Oh, so um, let me just, Not let me just like, you. two sentences. Oh, you, your voice is just like an angel. You know what I mean? Oh, like, thank you. I don't even know what else to say. Like your voice is so angelic. Like it's just so beautiful. Um, thank so you I'll so just, much. Like, that's, sum the, up. that's the nicest compliment that I've ever ever gotten. No way. No way, yes. girl. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, girl. That's so nice. Thank you very much. We could get you. We could get you way better compliments than that. Promise me. Oh, wow. Come on. (laughs) Hello. Like, have you been listening? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. So um, let me just sum up what I do in, like, two sentences. And then, like, I really want to know more about you, lady. So I started an online magazine back in 01, one of the first online magazines in Northern California, right? And then I started doing PR and marketing, helping artists out, things like that. Um, I do not have a label. I do not like the entire industry at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm anti-industry when it comes to the music and the entire entertainment industry as a whole. I think it needs to be, like, uh, demolished in a way. Just like how they're talking about the government being or the police being overturned. No. Let's first, okay, because the, the voices are the people, right? So let's first yeah. overturn the music industry. That's the first thing we need to do. That is the most evil thing because artists are the most humble, beautiful people. And then you turn things into a distraction, and then it turns into politics. It's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, yes. But anyway, okay. yes, girl. So, anyways, like, my website is uboentertainment.com. And we, we literally we have a magazine. And, yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ask Dr. Funk. <laughs> yeah, it's great. UB, Definitely great. Sorry, say that again. UBO? UBO. UBO. Magazine. Entertainment. Yeah. Or, UB, yeah, uboentertainment.com. You could also go to ubomag.net. Why are you doing that, Shirley? And I know that you're writing everything down. Share a little bit about your own website and where they can find you at and where they can find your music. Because like I said, I did hear you sing with um, 
Alexandria, and I was also blown away with your voice, and that's part of the reason I reached out to you and told you to call in on the show. And, of course, I also want you on the streaming platforms, as I have said before, so the IBM.TV family can be too as well, which I know Alexandria is part of that family. But definitely share with folks how they can uh, learn more about your music and where they can find the music at. Oh, thank you very much, Mark, for the opportunity. Um, my um, website is going to be launched next week. It's called ShirleyMusic.com. And there you can find, uh, you will be able to find some songs that I wrote with my brother in the previous band that I was. Um, so it's in, a lot of English songs. But the only song I launched now was an Afrikaans first debut single that I released. That you can also download if you're interested in listening how Afrikaans sounds like. It's actually very really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, like Netherlands um, Dutch sounding, but um, so so like I said, I write in English and Afrikaans, so you can go and download some songs there. But that would only be officially launched next week. Then um, I also have my social platforms. Where you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter via Shirley Music, the handle. And then on Facebook via Shirley Band. Um, someone took that, the other handle with Shirley Music. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I usually perform with bands, so, so it wasn't awkward at all. And then um, if you also want to go and um, see some um, music that I create on YouTube, my YouTube channel is also Shirley Music. So there's all those platforms that you can go and um, look what I've done. And usually I upload songs that I've written um, or pre-written. It's, it's maybe sometimes only an idea that I upload into YouTube. And then, um, Wait, are you a ghostwriter? Are you a ghostwriter? Are you a ghostwriter and a music writer for yourself? Do you ghostwrite? Um, yes, I do. Sometimes I co-write most of the time. Um, but but nice. there has been people that asked me to, to write, but we don't have a lot of support for writers here in South Africa. Um, but we've got like the NSAI, that, that's, a, that's obviously the National uh, Songwriters Association that we can be part of here in South Africa because it's the international le- um, leg of it. But I'm not a member yet, so I want to apply through um, Alexandra May, which is also an artist that usually comes to Nashville and plays there. And that's how I met Mark. It was through Alexandra. She is part of that group mm. of the NSAI. And uh-huh. we work together. Some, I actually, I actually plan to ask her to play some, to write, co-write songs next year. And I co-write mm-hmm. with other artists as well. But mostly now I'm concentrating on my own career and um, writing my own songs and on my own material. And sometimes there are there's people that ask me to play cover songs. So then I play a cover song. I mean, it's always nice to, to play things of previous masters that mastered um, songwriting. Oh, so yeah. that's cool. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah it is. Uh, it is. Some cover songs are really good to yeah. do. You know, for the, for the public. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think we necessarily we should do a song together. Yeah, y'all need to do a that song together, that's for sure. Awesome, yes. <laughs> yeah, they need to do I've a song together to for sure. Somebody to, um, I've been trying to find somebody to do, um, um, what is it, um, The Close I Get to You with. Oh, wow. By oh. Roberto Flack. 
Y'all, that's cool. Yes. You want to do it? Roberta Flack and Donna I'm Hathaway, game. right? Yes. Donnie Hathaway. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sounds like yes. a great idea. I think that would be really cool. Oh yeah, that'd be a great thing for y'all to do. Quick question: yeah, I think it. interrupted everything. My music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always tell that you got a beautiful song, voice. She first go listen. She was first, he was actually first going to listen to the music. Just so I was like, oh no, Sherbert, this girl can't sing. <laughs> No, we know that you can sing. I've already testified that you can sing and all of that. So we've already testified to that. But just really quickly and everything, because um, as we can hear in the background, um, Eris, who's got this entertainment company that she runs, and I've become a big fan of hers, and she does know that and everything. But she is also a um, parent of a young one and, of course, is involved in a relationship of her own and everything. And you are also involved in terms of, like, having to balance career and music together. So um, if you were to give advice to Eris in terms of, like, balancing that kind of dual role of, and I'm not even sure, Shirley, if you're a parent, but if you're a parent, (laughs) how do you balance all of that together? Because, like I said. (laughs) Yeah. So what advice would you give to Eris about balancing I said, what advice would you give to Eris about balancing music and career and family? Because, like I said, Eris, as you could hear, has the uh, baby in the background and definitely things of that nature. And, like I said, I did think that you were a parent as well. So what advice would you give to a young lady like Eris that is balancing all of these things together? Oh, Shane, Eris, I feel sorry for you. That's all I can say as a mom. <laughs> I mean, I've got three children. <laughs> I've got three children. My eldest is a 14-year-old, and then I've got a, a – he's a son. It's my, it's my son. Then I've got a daughter. She's a 9-year-old. And then I've got a 5-year-old that's also a son. And I must say, it's difficult to juggle um, work, music, um, being a parent, and being a, a, a wife. And um, so I, I have all the sympathy, the sympathy in the world for you, girl. <laughs> So much hard work. Word. Yeah, I don't like the wife part at all. I'm like, hello, can I be independent? Are you serious? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we're, yes. we're in the... Yeah, but I'm, I'm with a guy from Hawaii, so it's like, a, it's like a whole different can of worms. You know what I mean? It's like, Definitely. you know, he's from Hawaii. <laughs> yes. That's the most beautiful part yes. of the world. I wish I could go there. But I must say, it's it's difficult. Um, but I don't know if if you hold on to your dreams and your passion in what you want to do and in your life. Yes. I think yes. nothing can stop you. So if you if you focus and you're ambitious, I think I think that's the key to being happy and being um, you know, soul, finding or doing something that's soul fulfilling. Um, I think nothing mm-hmm. in the world then around you or the the let's say the noise around you doesn't really affect that. So, I mean, if you follow your dream, most of the time you are happy. Yeah, that's yes, really true. And another totally thing that I've noticed—very yeah, true. Totally agree with that. And the other thing that I've noticed as well in the music world, and I love to hear from both Eris and everybody on this conversation, is that it seems that um, a lot of times the divisions that exist, whether that's racial divisions, whether that's orientation divisions, whether that's age divisions. Because you were talking, Shirley, about your friendship with Alexandria, and I know that you are probably closer to, like, my age range, and I'm in my late 50s, and you're probably, like, in that age, somewhere in that 
range of 40s and 50s, but Alexandria is 25. And best Woo! I can tell from watching that conversation that y'all had, y'all are like the best of friends. Because like I said, when I've met you and I know that Alexandria is part oh, of our IBM TV family. I think a lizard, I think a lizard just came in our room. Star, <laughs> but she's like 25 <laughs> and all of that. So it does seem like the age ranges are oftentimes not as big of an issue. And the same with the races and the orientation how, how old is, and all of that. How old is our lady? How old is our lady? I, I, I am, I'm 40, so. <laughs> I am as well. well. Oh, my goodness. We're the oh same age. Geez. So we're the same age. Okay, well, actually, I, I forgot. I, I, I turned 41 last week. Sorry. <laughs> I'm 41. <laughs> oh, okay, then you're, you're ahead. You are born in 1979? <laughs> yes. I was born in 1980. <laughs> uh, you're the same age as my husband, Here. then. Maybe it's under the back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so you're saying, you, my you're saying the same age. Oh, that's so cute. You're saying that she's the same age as your husband, Shirley? Yes, she's the same age. I, yeah, I, I am as well. Know. Yeah, my boyfriend's <laughs> the same age as me. Yeah, and I never, like, I usually date guys younger than me, and then I've dated a few guys yeah, older me than me. Yeah, you know what I mean? But then I was like, man, like, I just got a zero in, and <laughs> the same age. Because that's, like, no drama, right? Except there's drama. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, drama anyway. definitely. <laughs> it's a man drama, though.。でもね、でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。でもね。で
the lady of your life who is also your best friend, and I've had the pleasure of talking to her on the phone on this show, so I think she's an amazing lady. But just share your thoughts about the secrets to good relationships, because you've actually you've had a relationship coach on this show before, and you shared your thoughts, and, and you've also got not just kids, you've got grandkids. So share, and Aaron's just got the kids wow. going on right now, so share the advice that you've got to share and all of that. Um, it is no me, you, is only us. And Thank you. When, Thank you, you. when you have someone, they don't walk in front of you. You don't walk behind them. You walk beside each other through good and bad. Um, they, the, your other half is there to lift you up when you're feeling down to someone that you can just be all the way be yourself with. Um, there's no representative when it it comes to that. Um, you got to have trust, honesty, communication, <clears throat> humor, love, compassion, and you have to mix all of that stuff up into one big uh, bowl of gumbo, if you will, and, and yeah. be able to <laughs> You know, my joys are her joys. Her sorrows are my sorrows. And as we move together in this thing called life, there are there'll be good times, there'll be bad times. But there's no me, there's no her, there's just us. And we've been that way. Yeah. April tenth, twenty twenty one will be twenty years that we've been us. <clears throat> Yeah, that's great. That's what I'm talking that's awesome. about. Awesome. Congrats. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is very amazing. Today and definitely a great testimony. Yes. Oh, happy anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. And what today, year anniversary is this for you, was... Shirley? 15. 15? Hey. 15 and 20 <laughs> in the house. So we've got 15 and yeah. 20 in the house. What did y'all yes. do to celebrate your anniversary? Did you go out for dinner? Did you? What can you do in the COVID age? For an anniversary, usually folks would be taking <laughs> one would take the other out to dinner, or they'd go to a movie or something like that. But go you can't camping. do as much as that. <laughs> well, well, it's it's now two two thirty a.m. in the morning here in South Africa, so my husband's still sleeping. So we still have time. We're still basically going to celebrate it, but we're planning to go and watch a musical show, and then we're going to have some dinner. So that's what we're going to okay. do. Nice. That sounds like a great anniversary <laughs> celebration. Sounds like an amazing anniversary. You get, hear some music, have dinner, and all of that. And of course, you know, one of the great Yay. ways that you can uh, break things, and you just mentioned that, the nature of having humor and everything. Maybe we just all need to have some lizards run into our uh, house, like uh, apparently Eris is having, because apparently there's a lizard running around in Hawaii, because apparently her oh. uh, <laughs> child just found that lizard. Didn't you, what? You mention a lizard? <laughs> I heard you mentioned a lizard earlier that there was a lizard loose in the house. <laughs> uh, oh, a lizard, yes. Yes, there yes, was a was... lizard that was in between the, the... Yes, they like the lizards are here, right? They got, like, these little wow. brown lizards, and they got these little, like, gecko lizards. And what's crazy is that, like, I caught one, and it was a very young one. I don't like to kill animals, Okay. Like, if I find an animal, I'm going to keep you. Even if you're a roach, I'll throw you over the fence. <laughs> but I'm not going to throw a lizard <laughs> over the fence because I think he has more, like, thought. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Maybe I sound crazy, but whatever. No, no, no. You've got to stick for animals, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just kill an animal. That's great. Yeah, well, I don't like to that. And that's one of the things that has always amazed me when Alexandria has talked about the animals that y'all have in South Africa in y'all's backyard. Because, like I said, I know there's a couple of times on oh, what the different shows that have you've been on. Shirley, because I know Alexandria <laughs> okay, so, has mentioned so everything from, like. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that have, like, exotic um, animals as well. Like, um, oh, wow. Uh, they call it. Yeah, like owls. Well, we call it exotic because owls? it's not normal, you know. Yeah, an owl? Or, or That's have, evil. Yes, Isn't that evil? Have, like, like monkeys. put an owl under but your they watch? they put it in sanctuaries. Wow. No, but they put it in sanctuaries oh. and stuff. Or, or they put it like in, in yeah, it's cages. So no, it's not owls cool. are not or evil. Put, like mo- monkeys. Yes, it's, uh, it's not cool. So, But sometimes it's, it's uh, um, animals yeah, that have been rescued or something rehabilitated or something. It's not like, I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of people that have like lions or, or tigers or stuff in their backyards. But um, I've, got, I've got two little dachshunds, so that's dogs, that's normal. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So there is yeah, no places where oh, they okay. have... A what kind? Dachshund. What kind of dog? A doggy. A dachshund? Doggy, a sausage dog. A dachshund. It's, a yeah, dachshund. Like, um, yeah, a dachshund. Dachshunds, yes. Yes. Yeah, they're so, small. So I've got two of them. Yeah, so they're small, two small doggies. But you get people that are evil, uh, like like um, doc, you said, or Dr. Funk, that, that take exotic animals, like I said, like owls or, or small <laughs> monkeys. Or, um, oh my God! As animals, but then they bring them up and board of the house. I mean, but it's still weird. I I'm not a pro for it. This is terrible. Or they keep um, what what do they keep as well? I'm just trying to think. But yes, there's people that do that. I'm not I'm not for it, so it's not cool for me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there are are people in place like the SPCA that that um try and control it. But yeah, I know we're gonna get rid of it totally. But one thing <laughs> I do remember is y'all still have the um the safaris that are actually not that far off from oh, some yes. of the cities. And yeah, so you do have those where you can see the tigers and the lions and the giraffes and everything yeah, else. The they're actually, yeah, the big five. Yeah, the big five. And those are actually it's within like the city limits. Right, and, and the red giraffes those, are like my giraffes are my favorite animal. And I'm saying that those those kind what? of preserves are, those kind of preserves are nearby, right? Aren't they near the big cities? Aren't they the preserves that are carrying those animals like Eris's favorite, the giraffe and the lions and the cheetahs and everything? They're not that far off from the big cities of Johannesburg and Pretoria and some of the big cities, right? Yes, um, like I live in a gated community, and um, mm-hmm. in our gated community, we've got like mm-hmm. a green belt. And that's what I was mm-hmm. referring to owls. Um, mm-hmm. We've got like a nest and stuff in, in, in a tree. So it's not enclosed in like a cage. So they, they live there in the, like a green belt in so our native like community. They're trained? Um, no, no, I think they're still wild. I think they're wild. They're Do you like think they're, okay. That they it made. It just bothers that, me because owls are there. like one of those. Owls are like the most one beautiful of those. animals. Um, 
Yes. Yeah. And yes. cats replicate definitely. their faces off of owls. Yes, definitely. You know? And then and yes. then there's the, then we've got the, the, the nature reserves that's like full full hours around us. So you can drive mm-hmm. there for the weekend. And then you live inside. Oh, yes, 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 definitely. Well, I think most animals are very intelligent. We just don't think so. We we just don't acknowledge it (laughs) as much. I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Well, personally, I think some of the animals, (laughs) personally, I think some of the animals may be more intelligent than us based on some of the leadership in the world and not just in America. I think that some of the animals may actually be smarter than us. Well, the or the cruelty that humans can do. I mean, animals aren't even that cruel. But let's not go into that. That's more more depressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They, but one of the things I noticed even during the corona was that they noticed that a lot of the, as we got more locked in, a lot of the wild animals seemed to have a little bit more freedom because they noticed that we were more in our environment. So that's one of the things I observed was that even here in Durham, we would saw more deers out. And I think there were reports of like in European countries, dolphins that hadn't been seen in parts and rivers in ages back out. So I think that that might've been a benefit of this madness that we've been in is that it gave the animals freedom to actually roam the world the way that they should be roaming the world. So I think that that's one of the, benefits that we saw was that it gave the animals a little bit more uh, access to the world that is definitely theirs as well as ours. So I think that they had a little bit more access and definitely were not treated as cruelly and they didn't see as many cars because, you know, whether it's the uh, more exotic animals or the more standard animals like cats and dogs, without as many uh, cars running around, they also didn't suffer as many fatalities because we do know probably, a lot probably of because animals. people are focused on like hating on other people and not like killing animals but anyway oh yes <laughs> yep. but, that makes but, but I mean also the pollution went down I mean the pollution so the environment went that polluted I think I don't know I saw like a picture where the pollution like was I think down by 60 or 70 percent in that time span when we were in lockdown like hard lockdown I don't know if you also saw it yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I saw something on the World Wide oh. Web where they said pollution went down. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, here in the yeah. this part of uh, North America, we have seen a it's negative so impact yeah. of uh, what's going on because oh. the forest fires have been going well, on like, there in California. Oh, terrible. Yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii is actually very different. Like, with the rest of the United States, like, Hawaii actually respects, you know, what the law says, like, you know, cover your face, go inside. Um, like when we go in the grocery store, every single person has a mask on. I've asked a lot of we, people I know, including Dr. Funk. Huh? And I'm in Hawaii. I'm in Hawaii. Um, but even Dr. Funk, like I've asked him and he's told me like people don't wear masks sometimes. I've asked other friends I know, they don't wear masks when they go to the grocery store. And I'm like, yeah, that's why they I had That's to tell this guy spreading. in the supermarket the other day, you know, he's running around the supermarket. He's definitely high. And uh, he come walking right up behind me. He's supposed to be six mm-hmm. feet apart. Mm-hmm. And he walks up behind me, and I had to tell him, you need to back up. Yes. And you need yeah. to put a mask yeah. on. Because he's running around yeah. 
walling out and yelling. And my, yeah, and my, yeah, exactly. And my man went tried to go to church yesterday, and he was mad mad at me the night before. Ha ha ha. And like he's like, oh, go to church with me. I was like, I'm not gonna go to church with you. Everyone like church. The number one thing that you want to do is hug people. You wanna you wanna connect with people on what you believe in. And I was like, I'm not going to go there and not do that. I'm not, I'm just not going to go. Okay. I'm just it's not, I got feeling. other things to do. Mm-hmm. But he yeah, went anyway. But, 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 you know, good for me. I have a very high immune system. How is it going in Shirley? Shirley, are y'all seeing a lot of folks that are actually um, wearing the mask and doing what they're supposed to do in the sense of protecting themselves? and socially distancing and all of that, or is it the same kind of like folks that are stubborn here in the, uh, the United States? Are y'all seeing that kind of yeah. resistance in South Africa, or how is it in South Africa? Are y'all seeing a lot of folks but, not following the rules? Uh, the majority mm-hmm. is, is following the rules, um, but I think the whole, the whole thing of people not wearing it, they're just actually not respectful. That's that's the basic thing that that's coming down that it comes down to. It's to respect the dif- the people around you. I mean, even if you don't exactly wear the freaking yes. mask, just because yes, it can save someone else's life. So I mean, mm-hmm. geez, there are people that's not wearing it, but majority luckily are, and they're still enforcing it. If you like go shopping, you have to sanitize before you go into the shop, mm-hmm. and you have to have a mask. And, um, yes. yeah, it's just to be respectful. I mean, that's, I think, the worst thing that's going around in the whole world is people not respecting each other. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the confusion of what the President of the United States is saying to people. Because, number one, he got sick. Number two, he's wrong. So, bam. So, you know what I mean? He's, he, everybody should know now, like, he's wrong. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think the only reason why people are respecting, disrespecting one another is because people are scared. And what happens when exactly. animals get scared and you back the animal well, up in the corner? They're mm-hmm. going to act and they're going to go into self-preservation. And people are doing disrespectful stuff towards one another because they are afraid and they don't know what to do. And also, like you said, our leadership is not giving us a good... Um, Responsible example. leadership. He's not being a good example. Mm-hmm. So you got That's a lot of people good. thinking sure. it's okay, okay to dis- disrespect one another, and it's not. Yeah, not it's not, not okay. right at all. Uh, and Shirley, one of the things that I've been amazed by, and like I said, through some of the other platforms <laughs> that I've now had the pleasure of being on for a few months, including IBM TV, where out where um Alexandria is is. A lot of the other countries are actually giving some serious enforcement because when I heard some of the fines that were being laid down in some of the other countries, I'm sitting there going, like, that would definitely like, uh, scare a lot of folks away. So if you can let our listeners know and if you have any ideas what they are, but there's hardly any fines if people aren't wearing masks and stuff here in the States. But I've heard that there are some very Everybody got their time out. I'll be back. In, in South in South Africa and other places. So, you know, what are some of what are some of those fines in South Africa if you're not wearing a mask or if you're breaking the rules? So, what are they doing in terms of that enforcement, or what are uh, some of the other African countries that you might have 
heard about because I've heard some very astronomical figures, even from like London, that I'm sitting there like, yeah, if you had to pay that much, you probably might wear a mask. Yeah, but yeah, before she even talks though, like seriously, like that's yeah, effed up because like a lot of countries don't even get information before nobody else, and like the United States gets like pretty much like you have to do this like right away. And, like, you know, other countries, like, adhere to the rules, and the United States doesn't. And that's why the crap is spreading. It has nothing to do with nobody else. You know what I mean? And it's frustrating because it it just is. It's like an evil virus that humans have to utilize and learn how to get rid of due to our brains and the way that we function as humans. You know what I mean? Anyways. Charlie, what about your thoughts as to how they're doing in terms of uh, fines and also how they're enforcing the uh, rules with masks and social distancing and other things in South Africa. Okay, so, so if you, like I said, um, if you want to go to a shop or something, the people in the stores um, don't allow you to go in. So they, yes. they put up signs and say, if you don't have a mask, we're not mm-hmm. allowing you in the shop. So, um, Okay. So the 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 boat. So the let's say the the, the commercial or the retail. I'm the I'm on a I'm on a radio show right now. Hi. I'm on a live radio show right now. Hey, what's up? Hey. You as well? Yeah. Sorry, Sorry about that. What were you saying? Yeah. So, I'm no, on no, a live no. radio show. No worries. No, what I what I said is um. So so the retail stores and and the uh, people are enforcing the the rules. In regards to the police and the traffic um, traffic officers, it's a little bit difficult because um, the government is so corrupt. Don't worry about him. Um, and and some of the some of the officials or the police aren't um, trained in the correct way to handle situations, things like that. And sometimes it gets out of hand where when they're trying to enforce the rules they become violent or they become um they do stuff that's not actually humane so um i mean there was a guy that was brutally attacked in in his backyard for drinking um and i think he actually passed he passed away because the the um the Officials that were trying to enforce the rules um, killed the guy. So it's actually bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. That was in the beginning of the of the lockdown when it was really it's hard bad. lockdown. And um, yeah, there's, there was lots of lots of things like that where the people aren't trained properly, and then they don't know how to handle the situations, and then things like that go out of hand. Um, yeah. So that's my point of view. And then we had. Stupid rules. I don't know. People might say it's stupid. Some say might not. But um, I mean, they banned the cigarette, cigarettes, tobacco, and they banned alcohol. Um, they said that they banned the alcohol because um, people people aren't behaving themselves. They were acting like maniacs, drinking. You know. And then obviously things oh, like okay. um, women abuse and children abuse and things, all those violent crimes went up obviously because there's, there's alcohol involved. 
And then they also said the roads organized. There was like lots of um, collisions and deaths on the road because they're drinking and driving. And that um, made the capacity of the hospitals fuller. So Mm -hmm. it it took up beds so the COVID patients couldn't be helped. So that part of it Mm -hmm. I can understand. But the tobacco one I don't really understand. But some I of do not rules, understand I mean, that at all. Yes. And some I agree of the rules with you, girl. Like weird. Uh, some of the rules were like weird. Like the, the, the taxis could operate at 100% capacity to, to um, allow people to. And our taxis are different. We, like, we have minibuses. So it's not like a two-seater or a four-seater that you have. This is like a big minibus. You know, it's a small bus. And it could mm-hmm. operate for, with 100% capacity. And then, uh, I mean, the, you couldn't be more than 10, 10 people in a, in a room or, or um, you couldn't um, travel with, you know, I, I don't know, it, it was just like weird double standards. I don't know. Have you, have just, you seen, have you seen, have you seen anybody, have you seen anybody in your country, um, like actually stand up and try to make a difference. Oh yes, there's a lot of people that try to do it, but um, I mean, the, there was a like I think it was a tourism, the tourism and hotel industry. Um, they didn't get support from the government, and they um, basically um, came together with a like a peaceful march, and then um, police was were. Um, um, let's say deployed to um, hose them down with water guns. I mean, it was a peaceful mm-hmm. protest, and and the government went and and basically <laughs> shot everybody mm-hmm. with water, like high pressure water guns. <laughs> I mean, really. Wow, that's just they're, they're yeah, speaking so... up. They're speaking up against you know the poor and the people that need support and the people that need. Uh, that the government's um, rules were, were, like, ridiculous. Some of the rules were really, really ridiculous. And then the government yes. sends out the police to go and spray these people that were, like, totally peaceful. I mean, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's ridiculous. It's just amazing, <laughs> amazing conversation. Fine. And so much of that is happening in the world, unfortunately, and all of that. But we're actually getting yeah, to Ryan down and everything. Yeah. And it's just it's happening all over the world, unfortunately. Like I said, we're geared up wrap up and I know Dean will come on at the end and talk about some of the other platforms but this has been a truly global conversation because like I said we've had folks from California from Hawaii from South Africa and uh, New Jersey and North Carolina represented so definitely yeah, yeah. a truly global conversation which is one of the things we love doing here on Straight Talk with Dean and Mark as I wrap up I'd love to hear from <laughs> all of our guests hopefully Dr. Funk is still around and everything if he has stepped back away or stepped back into the limelight, but if not, we'll just go around everybody else. But I'll start with you, ladies, and everything. If you could give some words of encouragement to folks as they are thinking about all that's going on in the world, whether it's COVID, whether it's the um, Black Lives Matter, whether it's 
people's personal economy or a number of other things, what words of encouragement or words of positivity would you give to people in general? So I will start with you, uh, Shirley, since you're our guest from the furthest away, and it's in the wee hours of the morning there. So, Shirley, what advice or positivity would you give to folks that are listening around the world? Because we do have listeners globally as well. So what words of advice and positivity would you give to folks that are listening? I, I would I would just say focus on, on what you love, focus on the people around you that you love and who loves you. I mean that's 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 the most important, isn't it? It's love and and um to follow your dreams and your passion and focus on that. Because if you focus on all the things that it's, that's going around in the world, it's gonna make you so depressed and so negative. So I would focus on, on your immediate family and your loved ones and and focus on your dreams and your aspirations that you want to reach. Um, that would that would keep you happy and that will keep you positive. So that's my message. Um, that sounds great and a very positive message. Eris, what would yours be? If you can give us to the other side of the world, all the way to the opposite side of the South Africa over there in Hawaii. So what would your words of encouragement be awesome. and positivity to those that are listening? So what words of encouragement would you give us? I'm grateful for where I am and like I'm from California so California is battling more than just COVID they're battling fires right and like my house had burnt down when I was a kid you know due to arson and 90% of fires are due to arson people need to get their heads out of the clouds number one but, like, other than that, like, you know, it just, it makes me sad that people don't care about the land, the beauty that it has, and the prosperity that it can flourish for everybody. Um, yep. I feel that when people can actually recognize that purpose, that the item that, like, you were like, oh, I didn't belong to that, but you do, everybody does. And so that is what is beautiful to everybody. And number three, you know, I'll tell you my website. <laughs> my website yeah. is com. <laughs> like that. Sounds great. And yeah. Yes. And you can find Dr. Funk, King Wojak. I thought King Wojak was going to come back on here. Yeah, he never made it this time, so I think we've got him scheduled for later on in the week. He did appear on the uh, Musing show, so he did manage to get on there. I thought he was going to appear as well, but, you know, we'll work it out, and we'll (laughs) definitely have conversations with him also. But definitely you're always an amazing PR person, and you do have some great guests. I know Sugar T will be joining us as she has in the past, so we're definitely looking forward to those conversations with her Mm -hmm. because she is a truly amazing one of your clients as well, and then you're always picking up new clients. As well as Dr. Fong, hello. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Funk is a client as well. <laughs> and who knows, maybe you'll pick up Shirley as a client also. So, Dr. Wow. Funk, if you're still on and all of that, and I don't know if you are, I see that the phone is still there, but you did, I did remember you said you might have to step away. So, Dr. Funk, if you're still there, I'd love to hear your words of encouragement and positivity as well. Dr. Funk had to drop off, so he, he stepped away, bro. All right, is this the Dr. Punk had to step away and all of that. Yes, he did say brother because 
he definitely believes that. And, you know, he's got uh, I think you got a new fan, uh, Dean. I told you, Kim was a fan of yours. And, Dean, I think you've got a new fan in Eric. So everybody's loving that voice of <laughs> Dean. And also, I think you got a new fan, Dean. Got a couple okay. of fans. Cause Kim Calhoun okay. with IBM.TV. And as I'm hearing this as well, I think Eris has become a fan of yours also. And I know that Cheryl Lee has become a fan. So it looks like you've got a fan club that is developing over here on uh, the <laughs> Next Level <laughs> Network as well as IBM.TV. Wow. So we got to say that the good thing going on. I would also agree with something that Eris said. We've got to pay attention to the uh, world that we live in and not just our friends in the humanity field, but also our friends in the the plant life and the tree life and all of that. Because a lot of times we ignore them and we do not pay enough attention to them. And we are in this world together. So definitely we don't need to think of them as something that we use and abuse. And too often that is what happens. And we are in this very unified world. So hopefully we are finding ways to unify ourselves. Yes, we do want to deal with the issues that are out there in the world and we want to find solutions to those issues, but we also want to respect humanity and we want to respect the differences that exist. So no matter what culture you're from, we want to celebrate those different cultures and that's part of what we do on our various platforms. So that's kind of the message that I try to give out there is a message of let's support each other and find solutions, but also let's celebrate our diversity. So that is some of the things that I always and about and try to cherish and definitely try to find solutions and do get out there and vote. We do know that it's only about a month away from elections here in North America. And this is my mind (coughs) is one of the most important elections of our time. So definitely I would urge everybody to go out and vote, but also not just for the national offices, because as we said earlier, those local offices are also very important and impact us directly so definitely we're going to have some more great guests next week still trying to line those up and everything but i do know that i believe we've got some amazing folks hope next week or the week after remember next week's the holiday oh that's right we're taking a break (laughs) off so i got to do some rescheduling apparently so you're right it is a holiday so we can make sure that remember that yeah remember the holidays We, we, we sit back for a minute and we Play one of the replays and and then come back and get back to it. Yeah. So that being said, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had not booked anybody yet with Eris right. for next week. So <laughs> that is a good thing. So Eris would have been on my case talking about like Mark, you told me that on the 12th I had so and so, but I just looked at right. our schedule and actually Sugar T will be making an appearance later on and on some other platforms but not on the 12th so definitely okay. i'm glad that you said that and i'm glad that we have also had eris here on the platform so like i said i do know that i'm looking at our schedule and all of that so glad that you caught that and i'm pretty sure that i caught yeah. it in our other stuff as well because i don't see anything on the calendar so eris yeah. if, if, if i'm wrong and there's anything scheduled for the 12th we'll just have to reschedule that but as I'm looking at my calendar, I don't see anything. But, Eris, if you're on there, Dean is correct. We do usually take the holidays off. And I want to say, which holiday is that again? Because I always forget these holidays in October. So um, is that that's Columbus the, Day? the holiday where nobody really found anything at all, but they always give credit to an individual for finding something that was already uh, occupied at the time. 
<laughs> Regular folks call it Columbus Day. Yeah, I was gonna say that that would be the one that they call Columbus Day, and so yeah, definitely yeah. I think that you are right, and I will get with Eris and some of my other folks if I have made that mistake, and we'll shift out because that's what we can do in this world. We can shift oh, folks yeah. around, but I think when I looked on my schedule, we should still be good and all of that. But if I got to do some quick shifting, then I'll just do that quick shifting. But I think we're good, but we've got some great shows, like I said, lined up. You want to tell folks some of the other shows that we air here on the network and all of that, and then we can uh, get ready to wrap this thing up. But if you want to let folks know what other folks we've got uh, or what other shows we do and how they can find those shows on this powerful network that we are part of. Okay, well, you know, it's Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget to catch the replays on tomorrow and Wednesday at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Skyhawk Radio Network. And if you missed that, we got even more replays. We have them on Radio Public, iHeart Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn. Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Podfollow, and also right here on Blog Talk Radio, we are the Level Podcast Network, and we got a number of shows like Virginia Interfaith Live, The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, She's on Call, Let's K-12 Better, Western New York Original Music, the Let's Talk About It radio show, Funk from the Front Seat, The Just Podcast, Mona Shake and Minority Reports, The Mark Lee Show, Mullings, Music and Memories with Mark Lee, The Plant a Good Seed Podcast with Tish Oakley, Funk Music with Zach, The Spin It Social Hour, The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee, The Chef Gang Radio Show. So make sure you keep it locked right here. We will keep it moving, keep it grooving. All 50 states, over 100 countries. That's what we do right here, Straight Talk with Dana Mark. And like I always say, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime and the world is your stage. Just make sure the people are not watching the rehearsal. With that being said, it's the six-man Dean Geronimo. I'm signing off. Have an outstanding I'm here to be... We see y'all I'm going to be right days. behind you and all of that. I'm going to be right behind you and getting out of here. I need to go find me some food and all that. But, you know, since we got an international goodbye. guest, I did let her say goodbye as well. Shirley, goodbye. do you want to say goodbye to the world audience as you get ready to go get your late, well, early morning sleep? Because right now it's about 3 a.m. <laughs> there in South Africa. So uh, we yeah. want to give you the opportunity to say goodnight to everybody since you came in all the way from South Africa. So as you're saying uh-huh. goodnight and everything, get, this is your opportunity to say goodnight to North America and the world. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you very much, Mark, for having me on your show. And thank you guys for having the, well listening to Mike Chatter. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I hope that you guys like my music. And go and follow me on my music channels. Like I said, Surely Music most on most of the channels on social media. And I just want to say thank you. And um, you've got a great show. Keep doing the good job. <laughs> thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. And we just got a voice from South Africa. So we can add that yeah. to the list of folks that are listening. We got all those folks. She's going to tell all the people in <laughs> right. South Africa. So we're going to add South Africa to our audience uh, list. And like I told you before, Shirley, want to see that lovely face of yours on one of our streaming platforms as well, which is a little bit earlier, not much earlier, but a little bit earlier. So I will try to arrange for that to happen either in the next Great. week, two or three so definitely look forward to having Thank more of this kind much. of conversation with you because I have become a fan of yours as well as other people that I have Aww, met through the lovely Alexandria. So but I am definitely a fan of your music and look forward to having more opportunities to talk to you. And I know that Dean is probably looking up your music right now and he and his wife will probably be sitting there snapping their <laughs> fingers to those sounds very shortly. Oh, great. And thank you. Nice meeting you, Aries, as well. Oh, and on that note, we're <laughs> oh, out of here. Not on the line. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Bye.